0: I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, episode 66, Am I Good Enough with Emmalou Penrod. Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. And I am so thrilled that all of you are here today and get to hear from the amazing Emma Lou. We have had her on before. She is phenomenal. And I just love being able to work with her and to get to know her better. So I'm so excited for you to be back again, Emma Lou. Well, thank you, Amber. I am delighted to be here. Yay. Well, we're going to have an amazing conversation. But before we get into that, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself again, especially if we have some new listeners on.
1: Thank you, Amber. I am a, rela- a family relationship coach with Healing Your Families. I'm also a retired school teacher, wife, mother, grandmother, and a fervent believer that we can make the world a better place by strengthening our families.
0: Absolutely. And especially now more than ever, <laughs> we need to strengthen our families amidst a little bit chaos going on in the world, and that can feel a little overwhelming. So I'm so grateful for what you do and the inspiration and light that you put out there, because it's making a difference. And I'm so glad for that. And I'm so grateful for you. Well, thank you. And I'm glad you deal with one of the greatest challenges for families. (laughs) Money is a big one. And it's interesting what we're going to be talking about today, which is limiting beliefs, and even specifically, the belief that we're not good enough or that some people even classified as imposter syndrome. And I think this is really important when it comes to money, when it comes to families and relationships, because what we think about ourselves is really going to go into every relationship that we have, whether it's with money, family, loved ones, friends, it's going to kind of permeate through all of those different relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. So Tell me, Emily, um, when we talk about this syndrome, <laughs> either imposter syndrome or thinking I'm not good enough, how do you think that could play into our relationship with money?
1: Well, first of all, it's based on fear. And we have a lot of fear around money that there won't be enough, that we won't know how to handle it correctly. And so I think We make our wisest money decisions when we come from a place of confidence. Mm -hmm. We have solid goals. We know what we want and what we want our money to do for us. If we go into it from a feeling insecure or fearful, then it's like the money has the power. (laughs) And we're waiting to see what it's going to do to us.
0: Yes, rather I than that. being proactive. Oh my gosh, I love that you said that because we truly are giving our power over to someone else when we're in fear, when we think we're not good enough, if we don't measure up, then instead of us being able to create what we want, we're kind of waiting for things to happen and to say, okay, I hope it's good. <laughs> I hope whatever happens is good. And I'm kind of bracing impact. But really at the end of the day, we don't want things outside of us, telling us what we can do, who we want to be, what we want to create. We want to be out there saying, Hey, this is where I want my money to go. This is the relationships I want to have. And it's much more difficult to do that when we're thinking we're not good enough or that we're somehow not coming across the way we want to come across.
1: Absolutely. I keep thinking of, you know, the airlines tell us we need to put our own oxygen mask on first. I think before We can have successful relationships with many, with family members. We we need to work on this. I don't know if you want to call it the relationship with yourself or just that belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. It sounds so nebulous and yet it's so essential.
0: Yes, I, I think you're absolutely right, Emily. And you really hit it on the head in the fact that it seems so simple and so small. It seems like, oh, having a belief in yourself, having a a good relationship with yourself, does that really make a difference? But really that's the foundation to then creating that confidence. And if we're thinking and telling ourselves all the time, oh, I'm not good enough. Someone else can do it better. How can I serve this person this way? I'll never be able to measure up. That really erodes who we want to be and what we want to create.
1: And even if you think, oh, I'm confident. I believe in myself. Ask yourself, how easily can you accept
0: a compliment? Mm, That is a great barometer because I can recognize this in myself from my past self to where I'm at right now. I remember listening to a speaker at an event who said, what do you do when someone gives you a compliment? And was it like, oh, that's nice. And even use that hand movement of like pushing it away. I hear what you're saying, but I don't believe you and I don't accept it. And I thought that's so fascinating that so many of us are like, oh, we're that's nice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I don't really believe you when you say that, but you're a nice person for saying that. And I remember being in that situation and being kind of of that mindset. And I was like, how interesting that someone that's giving us a gift of a compliment to say they recognize something in us that they want to tell us about. And even that in itself takes some courage to tell someone, I really like the way that you smile, or I really like that you are sharing compliments or whatever it may be. They're willing to share that with you. And yet we're not willing to take that compliment. So from that event and from that speaker, she said, always when someone says and gives you a compliment, you say, thank you. You actually bring it to you and say, thank you. And then over time, what I noticed is I kept accepting it more and more. And I started to believe it about myself. But I'm curious, Emily, have you had experiences with that as well?
1: Oh, yes. And Amber, I have gone even further. I have argued with them. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I'm not. not. (laughs) And think about it. That's like saying you have poor judgment. Mm. You don't know what you're talking about. You're know, talking about spitting in someone's eye. Yes. And my observation is it is much more natural. I think it's more of a human tendency to notice what we did wrong. We we harp on our mistakes. We make yes. a mistake, and oh, can we remember that? We can go through the day, we can do 20 simple tasks perfectly right. We make one mistake. Yes and what is our mind dwelling on at the end of the day
0: exactly more cuz our brains love to find the problems sometimes before they happen but the problems are seemingly to be problems and then try to fix it so if we do something we feel like is a problem that's where our brain focuses isn't that fascinating that it will always go to the negative instead of looking at all the 20 great things that you mentioned <laughs> that we did throughout the day I think sometimes it's also redirecting our thoughts to instead of focusing just on the thing we thought we did wrong to, wow, look at all the things I did right. And sometimes that's going to take some practice.
1: It does. It takes a conscious effort. I had to start writing it down at the end of the day. you know, And, and, and I started with the question, what would happen if I spent as much time and energy congratulating myself for what I did well? As I do berating myself when I make a mistake, when it doesn't go the way I wanted it to go.
0: Oh, I think and that's huge. Yeah.
1: It makes a big difference. Just taking, take time at the end of the day to write down what I'm thankful for, what went well. And it makes you realize that there really is more that you're doing right. Yes. And then if you can objectively look at, okay, I could have handled this better. Now, what can I learn from this? How can I help this, especially in parenting, you know, in family relationships? How can I improve this so that, you know, you have those patterns in family life, you know, getting everybody out the door on time. Mm -hmm. And when you've taken a more objective view rather than just beating yourself up, how can I improve? And and with money, okay? We kind of overspent this month. Now, what changes can we make so to next month is better?
0: Yeah. So we don't maybe repeat the same result because we didn't like that result. What things can we just shift and change? But we can leave all of the braiding and the tearing ourselves down behind. That doesn't have to come along with it, making those simple adjustments, maybe in where we're spending our money. It doesn't help anything. No, it, it doesn't it really help doesn't. us
1: improve. It doesn't help us feel better.
0: No, And it isn't
1: kind to other people. Like you mentioned, the person who is giving us a gift is not benefited when we throw it back in their face.
0: Yeah. I mean, could you imagine like, if I gave you a gift, Emily, or you gave me a gift, then I gave it back and said, no, I don't want to. I don't think it's true. <laughs> You're probably like, oh, well, I was trying to give it out of what I found in you To be something to inspire me, you know? And I don't think we think of it that way. We just remember our fault and just think, oh, well, that compliment that they're trying to give me is not true. I love the way you phrased it in the fact that they're recognizing something in you, they want to give that to you. And I don't. It's kind of a an eye opener to me to think that we're telling them their judgment is wrong. That no, you're not right. <laughs> you can't really see the whole you're me. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, isn't that fascinating? And I think that it brings another layer to it of saying is the way we are, the way we're acting in those situations, not only is it bringing ourselves down, but it maybe also be bringing down that relationship we have with that individual.
1: Yeah, they may be thinking that's the last time I a compliment. Yes. And, and and I love that gesture you use, take it to you. Yeah. Just let it go right into your heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will motivate you to make it true far more
0: than beating yourself up. Yes. And I think we're with ourselves all the time. So we are experts at everything we know we've done maybe wrong or that we feel like wasn't as good as it should be, or that there was room for improvement, probably bring out a laundry list of things that we can name. But at the same time, the more often we harp on those things, the less likely we're able to move forward and see ourselves in a different light. We're almost keeping ourselves stuck in one place. This is how you are and this is how you're always going to be. If we think of any relationships outside of ourselves, could we ever imagine putting them in a box and saying, you'll never change. You'll always be the same and to actually treat them the way we treat ourselves. I don't think we would do that for someone else. No, we would. What would we do with them? We'd want to, You know, especially if they're feeling down, we're going to want to bring them back up and say, Hey, it's okay if you're feeling down, but know this, that I care about you. And I think you're, you are amazing person. And I know this is a little bit of a setback, but that's okay. We can make adjustments and and move forward. And you keep encouraging them, keep living their best life.
1: You know, sometimes I like to ask myself when I'm engaged in some negative self-talk, you know, that chitter chatter that goes on in your head. Would I talk to my best friend like this? Yeah. Would I say this to someone that I love and care about? Well, of course not. Yeah. So I, I really think we need to stop and think, am I saying things to myself that I would not say to someone?
0: Exactly. And I think sometimes yeah. we think, well, if I tell myself how bad I am, that's the to improve. From my experience, <laughs> it, I might maybe get a couple of actions that are different. But that's not a long lasting change to keep telling yourself how terrible you are to improve. It just makes you feel bad. You mentioned that earlier. You just feel bad. You don't want to go do anything. You just feel awful. It's not really a sustainable change. But if we start encouraging ourselves that way, I think we can get longer lasting change and feel so much better in the journey.
1: Absolutely. Now, I think there's another trap we need to talk about. Yes, yes. That's when we compare ourselves to someone else. 100%. Maybe we're looking at our neighbor and oh, they have this nice new car. They just bought new lawn furniture. All of their children are taking music lessons, they're in sports. Yes. I've heard the best way I've heard this described, it's like comparing yourself when you first get out of bed in the morning, ratty hair, bed hair, (laughs) ratty pajamas to someone else who's all dressed up in their professional dress. And (laughs) we need to be so in touch with our money that we're deciding what we want and not trying to compare ourselves to someone else.
0: Exactly.
1: We don't know how much debt they're
0: in. It's true. <laughs> and even if the, for lack of a better phrase, the grass is greener on the other side, even if let's say they were completely out of debt and they had all this money and savings and they're able to afford all of this, these things, it doesn't help us to see them and say somehow they are better or their life is better than our own. Cause that's just not the case because we're not them. <laughs> and so we could be in their exact situation and it may be miserable for us. It may not be the life that we want depending on what our goals and dreams are and our relationships and all of those different things. So and plus when you mentioned that about you know us just getting out of bed <laughs> not being ready to someone in their finest, it's such an unfair comparison that we do with ourselves. And I don't think it's you know beneficial to compare anyway, but we are doing it in such a way too that It's not even a fair comparison. We're always going to see someone that may have more money than us. Or we might see someone that might have a different look than us or that might have a different health situation than us. So it's never helpful to us to then compare to somebody else when it's not going to improve our lives going forward. I think the more beneficial approach is to be so in tune with us and our relationship with us and secure in that relationship that we can be happy for them. And we can be happy for us too, even if our paths don't look exactly the same.
1: Or how about this? If we're saying thinking, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Maybe I'll talk to them and learn. So maybe they have some tips that would benefit me. Maybe they strategies that would reach my goal.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's another thing too, when we are telling ourselves good things and helping us see us for the good people that we are and striving to be, then we it opens ourselves up to learning from others, to being able to collaborate with others, to being able to say, okay, I love what you're doing. And I can see you're making certain goals. What are you doing? I would love to learn from you. And so that allows us to be able to be Willing to listen and help or learn from others, excuse me, when we are secure with ourselves and we're willing to love ourselves where we are at.
1: And you just brought up an interesting point. Too often we equate, you know, beating ourselves up with being humble, Mm -hmm. but being humble Mm -hmm. means you're ready to learn. Yes. And, And it is actually a pride and this putting yourself down are both negative. In both cases, you're thinking more about yourself than you are about others. And you're not open to learn. You're not open to grow. So I think that, you know, this idea that, you know, it will help keep me humble if I beat myself up or, you know, I need somebody to insult me. So I'm humble. This is an error.
0: Yeah. It's actually backwards, isn't it? Yes, It actually stops us from learning and growth. And I love how you put that. It's just thinking about ourselves, especially when we're comparing. How often do we want to learn from someone that might have advice to help us when we're saying they're so much better than us? They have so much more wisdom. And, what, and I'm and not good them. enough to learn it, so I'm not even going to approach them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like,
1: well, I'm just going to hate them and, and be jealous and and be mad at them for making me feel bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. And here it is. We're not only keeping ourselves from a relationship or information that could really help us grow, but it's really damaging our relationship with ourselves and stunting our growth in the process.
1: Okay. And now I've got to bring in, and how does that impact us in our role as parents? Yes. How can we nurture our children and give them that love, that confidence convey how much we believe in them if they can see that we don't believe in ourselves.
0: That's a great point, Emily. And all the people are watching us, Whether it's our children, our grandchildren, whether it's friends, business owners, whatever it may be, they're watching us to a certain degree And if we're showing the example of, well, I can't love me and I'm going to compare myself to other people, especially our children are going to notice that and that's their example and they can take that into their own lives. And I'm sure that all of us as parents would not want them comparing themselves to other people or tearing themselves down. And so that's another great point that when you build a relationship with you that you love. You can be that example for your children.
1: Most the, the most influential teacher for your children is your example. Yes. You need to model how to be a confident, capable, loving, giving, humble, ready-to-learn person. Yes. Be oh, the yes. kind of adult you want your children to grow up to be.
0: Exactly. And I think, too, it might be some overwhelming for some watching the show being like, well, I'm trying to do the best I can, you know, but they might have been on this path in this journey a long time where it's very natural to beat themselves up. It's very natural to compare. It's very natural, especially when life gets hard to compare to see, oh, maybe they have a better life. Maybe they're doing something right and I'm doing something wrong. So I'm curious, Emily, do you have some things that they can do to help them get out of that kind of self-depreciation, that beating themselves up to redirect into something that's going to help them move forward and create a better relationship with themselves.
1: I sure do. Step one (laughs) is be aware. Take a day where maybe you're just have a notepad handy and you're just keeping track of the negative things you say to yourself. You may be surprised at how many there are, but just Mm -hmm. don't, don't judge. Don't just, just write them down. And then for each one, replace it with a positive statement. Instead of saying, I'm always so clumsy, you know, that's probably not true. You probably just tripped once. You can replace that with I'm graceful and athletic. Mm Mm-hmm. You can replace it with, I normally don't do that and replace it with something more positive. And it will take conscious effort to write it out, replace that negative statement with a positive, true statement, and then get that in your head, you know, affirmations, repeating it, have it posted everywhere you look, make a recording, listen to it, get that in your head. And then make that conscious effort at the end of the day, list all of your accomplishments. And don't underestimate if you just manage to get all of the children where they needed to be on time, celebrate. Way to go. And and just make that conscious effort to shift and see yourself. You know, look in the mirror and this is this is your best friend. I, I, I did that. You know, when I was as a young adult, I was always looking in the mirror and seeing the flaws in my face. Mm. And I remember the day I was about 40 years old when I looked in the mirror and I thought I have been looking at this face for 40 years. And you know, it really isn't a bad face. In fact, I like it. Mm-hmm. So just you're the only one of you, you have make that conscious effort to yeah. love yourself. Treat yourself the way you would treat a friend who was struggling and who you wanted to encourage. Yes, I so think that's so important. identify the negative, replace it with a positive, and then get it in your subconscious mind through repeti- repetition, reminders, just that habit.
0: Yes. And I think what can happen too, because I saw this for me, the more I could give myself the positives, see the positives in my life. So I think gratitude also is a major point here because it shifts us from the negative to the positive to see what do we have? what am I doing? What am I accomplishing? Just like you mentioned with the list at the end of the day, even if it's something you think is so small, even if it's, Hey, I smiled at a person in the grocery store, even start with the small things. The more we can pick out the positives in our life and what we do, and the more we're grateful for, the more we start building that better relationship with ourselves. And the great thing is it not only improves our relationship, But when you are filled, when you are feeling good, when you have a great relationship with you, it allows you and opens you up to great relationships with those around you. If you're constantly beating yourself up and telling yourself how awful you are, how can you then go and treat others better? (laughs) Sometimes we're really good at hiding, right? Or sometimes we're really good at, you know, faking it, but really how can that last? We need to have that good relationship with ourselves. And then it spills out into having even better relationships with those around us.
1: And sometimes in a relationship, we're called upon to go out of our comfort zone, to give, to do more than we thought we could do. And that's much more easily accomplished coming from a place of confidence.
0: Absolutely. So really, at the end of the day, it's really loving you and taking those steps. And I love that you shared those, Lou, because those are simple steps that we really can do if we're willing to focus on them, that we can say, okay, I'm going to point out my positives, I'm going to notice the negative things I'm going to say about myself and replace it with something, even if we don't quite believe it yet to replace it with something that either we want to become, or that we yes. can feel like it's pretty true. So you said, I'm a horrible person to be like, oh, that wasn't, you know, I did okay today. It's a little more believable. Or we can even focus on, I am on my way to becoming the person that I want. I'm on my way to developing the relationship that I want. And that can just open up that world for us. And then saying those things at the end of the day, pointing out what it what is good having that gratitude all of those different things can really give ourselves a relationship that we would want with a best friend or a spouse or a partner
1: yep and focusing on others right? making it a point to you know as as parents it's very natural to see what they're catch them being Naughty, we yeah. see you're doing wrong. Take a day where you catch them being good and you notice every good thing they do. That will shift your thinking. Yes. And sometimes it's just
0: practice. process. Mm-hmm. And I think I, that's a fascinating experiment, actually. So whether it's with our money, whether it's our kids, whether it's ourselves, if we can focus on the positives and point those out, would be so fascinating if we all did that and saw the shifts in our mindset, shifts in our relationship. Because I know, especially for my kids, when I start pointing out the positives, they're much more positive with me. If I'm pointing out the negatives to them all the time, they're not so happy with me. We have a harder relationship. (laughs) So if we point out those positives, not only for them, but ourselves, and especially in our money journey, when we point out the positives of what we do, that might get us more of the results that we're looking for. What
1: would happen if instead of, dwelling on, we don't have enough money for this or that. We reflected, we had plenty to eat this month. We live in a home that's heated in the winter, cold in the summer. You know, we live in a safe neighborhood. Our car is reliable. It doesn't need repairs. What if we spent some time thinking, this is how money is blessing me. Money is my... is the friend, not my enemy.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know, and I would even issue if we can for all the listeners out there, wherever you're at in your money journey, I, I think that's a great challenge to do is even take the next week and just point out the positives. Point out the things that you're grateful for that money's doing in your life, or in even take that further into yourself, like what positives can you point out about you and family, whether it's your kids, whether it's your spouse. And just see what kind of difference that makes in your life. I think that's going to make a big impact, especially if we're used to pointing out all the negatives. Now it's going to take mindset shifts and focus because we're so focused on the negative. I think it could really make a big difference going forward. I do too. I love it. Oh my gosh, Emily. I wish we could keep talking all day because it's so good, but thank you so much for sharing, you know, more of your wisdom, especially as we're talking about such a sensitive topic when it comes to, you know, our own self depreciation and self doubt. When we can build that relationship with ourselves, it really can make so much of our relationship better with us, but then with our family, with our spouses, with our partners, with, you know, our money, it's going to go so much better. So I, Thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you for inviting me, Amber. Absolutely, hon. And before we let you go, I want to make sure people can find you and work with you. Let our listeners know what they can do to contact you.
1: Well, I would love it if they would. I just started a group in Facebook called Strengthening Families, and I would love it if they would join that group. I'm I'm on Facebook uh, under my name as my personal account. But my business page is family relationships. And then my group is strengthening families. I'd love to have them connect. I I want to start this, get this interactive group going where, you know, <laughs> raising a family is challenging. I think it's harder now than it ever was before. And those money challenges are are there that that's you know we we address six areas of family health and financial is is one of them that that's key
0: absolutely so, hon yeah and you have a show on win-win too
1: yes i do wednesdays at 3 p.m pacific time
0: beautiful and the title of that healing your families healing your families beautiful yeah, definitely reach out to Emma Lou. she is just phenomenal and i love the way she cares about those she works with and really wants to help families be strengthened have those amazing relationships so it brings us so much more joy on our journey here so thank you again Emma Lou. you are already working hard for your money imagine your money working hard for you Imagine taking control over where your money goes instead of wondering where it went at the end of every month. Imagine the freedom you will have from not worrying constantly about your finances. Imagine enjoying the decisions you make with your money. I know this is possible for you. Head on over to Amber Peterson site where we can work together to make it happen. And if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, please subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode to help you create confidence with your money. Have a beautiful week.